I know the last few messages have been a little bit heavy, if you want to say. So I do want to say this. Um, it's not time yet. I do want to talk about uh, the coming eclipse that we're going to have April the 8th. Um, let me just give you a few practical things, okay? Practically speaking, we've got basically a month to get ready for this thing. Let me just say this. Uh, I'm not, uh, I don't want to be fear-mongering or anything like that, but they are expecting, when I say they, uh, the Arkansas Emergency Management um, group, organization, whatever, um, are saying that there may be as many as four times the population of Arkansas in Arkansas, okay? So it only goes to be logically conclusive that if there's four times the amount of people, that means our resources may run a little thin, all right? So I would encourage you that a week or so before, make sure your cars are fueled up, make sure you've got food in your house, things like that. I mean, just think about this for a minute. If four times the amount of people came through Interstate 40 and they all stopped at the Casey's, it's not going to be long till they're going to be out of Hostess Cupcakes, you know what I'm saying? Staple of life there, right? They're going to have to have constant coffee going, right? So I'm just saying, just, just think about this just from a logical standpoint. Um, but, you know, they're not anticipating power outages or anything like that, but how many of you are on AT&T? How many people did I hear going, oh, my God, my phone won't work, right? Actually, I didn't hear them. I heard them afterwards because their phone wasn't working, right? <laughs> and then we had power outages all last night. People are kind of going, whoa, what's going on, right? At breakfast one morning, this has been a while back, talking with a gentleman, he said, man, if you want to know how your family's going to react to this, when you get home on a Friday, go in there and find that big box that's got all the electrical in it and find the biggest one that you can find and just shut it off and see how long your family can last. <laughs> because most of us don't, you know, we become so accustomed to living a certain lifestyle. Um, getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning, you just flip a light on and go see where you're going. Well, when you don't have any electricity, that don't happen. <laughs> just wait till your phones go dead or you can't get the Internet. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how many likes I got on the last thing I just put out there. Some people are going to start freaking out, right? So I'm just saying, just practically speaking, make some plans. We know this thing's coming, okay? I do want to speak on it. I think there's some prophetic um, things inside of it. Um, there are some that go back to 2017 when we had that one then, and now seven years, years later, numbers mean something, okay? And so here we are. We're going to fast forward seven years in 2024, and we're going to have another one. Uh, places that it's, it's uh, traveling through. There's just a lot of significance there. I don't want to be, I don't want to say I'm prophetic and that we're prophesying some things that, you know, could or possibly or not. I'm just saying, let's look at these things. Jesus gave us this warning. He said, you know that the saying, red sky in morning, it's good weather all day, but red sky at night, it's bad weather. No, it does not say sailor's delight, okay? No, it doesn't say that. In the original, no. But, so see, some of y'all know that saying, right? But all of y'all who just corrected me, y'all can't look up and see the signs that are right here among us. That's what he's saying. He's saying, you guys know that, but you can't even look up and, and see the signs that are right around you. 
So I think that there are some things that are coming. I do believe that, you know, Jesus told us there is going to be signs in the heavens and there's going to be signs in the earth. There's going to be all these signs that you're going to be able to look at and be like, ha ha, this is what Jesus said. But we're not supposed to put all of our hope and trust in that. We're supposed to put all of our hope and trust in that he is exactly who he says he is. Amen? Which leads us to today. John 4, if you got your Bibles. <clears throat> Excuse me, John 4. And we're going to see that Jesus is talking with this woman um, at a well. We know the story. He asked her, go get your husband. I'm going to tell you some truth. And she says, I don't have one. He says, you're right. You've got five. And the one you're living now is not your husband. And let's drop all the way down here to verse 23. But the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Amen. What's he saying here? Well, number one, we have to define some words. We've got to be careful to just read the Bible with our own understanding or with our own ideology of what these things mean. You've heard me talk about this before. Um, yes, the New Testament was written in Greek, okay? However, understand this, that the men who wrote it were of a Hebrew understanding, okay? They were Jews. They understood the Torah. Uh, they understood the ancient ways of doing things. And so now they're trying to write in such a way, which was the language of the day, and convey a message. And sometimes it didn't always come over exactly um, the way it was in, intended in the sense of like um, when the translators got this and they were trying to find out how do we best translate this, okay? When we hear the word worship, it says um, a time is coming when true worshipers, and we hear, we hear worshipers and we think, well, that's the ones that are up front. That's the ones that's got their hands raised. That's the ones that dance a little jig every now and then, right? Those are the true worshipers, no. And it says they will worship Two slow songs or two fast songs in a slow song. That's our idea of worship, right? So if I'm going to really be a worshiper and worship the Father, that means I've got to come down front, I've got to sing two fast songs and one slow song or vice versa. And I, I know that some of you are going, well, I don't think that. And I'm not saying all of you do. But we'll have this idea of what that actually looks like. Listen, a worshiper in worship. Let's define worship first. Worship is not necessarily just an act. It's not raising of your hands or anything like that, okay? Worship is a lifestyle. Now, I'm not saying that raising your hands or bending your knee is not part of worship. What I'm saying, though, is that <clears throat> I can raise my hands and my heart be far from him. Does that make sense? Worship is to present myself as a living sacrifice, Romans. That's true worshipers. A worshiper is someone who does what the Father asks him to do. That is true worship. So when it says, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, he's saying, those people who are going to come, the time is now, and they're going to do this thing. That's what he's getting at. They're going to do something. They're not going to just be sitting back and going, oh. You know, we'll say, well, aren't we going to worship Jesus in the new heavens? Yes. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means just that. We're going to worship him in the new heavens. But we're, we're not necessarily going to be doing. 
We won't have uh, the dew that's here on the earth like in heaven. But we are going to be doing things in heaven. Remember, at the end of this thing, it says we're going to come back and we're going to rule and reign with him, right? But at that time, we're going to be perfected in what we know. That truly is the perfect that will have come, if you will. So when we're doing these things, or when we're talking about these things, it's important that we keep these um, ideas in our mind clear, that we understand what a worshiper is, we understand what worshiping is, okay? And the next part, it says in verse 24, for God is spirit, those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. He says it again in verse 23. So in two verses, he says it two times, we've got to worship him in spirit and we've got to worship him in truth. Now, simply put, in the spirit means not physical. We have to worship him out of our spirit, okay? The Holy Spirit lives inside of us and he helps us to worship him in spirit. Now, there's a, a lot of things that can come alongside of that and we can mean a lot of different things. They say, well, does it mean that we, um, that, that we worship him by, by tongues? Yes. Does it mean that we worship him uh, even in our prayers? Yes. But they're not physical things. We don't physically see God. Now, we can physically see him in his word. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. They really did see him physically. But I don't know of anybody in here that's seen Jesus. I don't know. You might have thought you did or whatever. And I'm not debating that. I'm just saying, for the most of us, we've not seen Jesus but we worship him in our spirit. We worship him by the spirit. We know that he is there. Right now, he is here in the midst of us. I can tell you that with 100% certainty because the scripture says that where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Now remember, you've got to be gathered in his name. It doesn't mean just two people getting together or more. It says, but when they get together in my name, in the spirit of me, right? That I'm going to be in the midst of them. So when we worship him in spirit, we worship him out of, our, out of our spirit. I heard a guy say this one time and I was like, I like that. He was saying when we worship God out of our spirit, what we're doing is we are saying the things that God says about us. In other words, God, thank you that you have redeemed me. That Thank you that you have bought back all of the things that I have sold off cheaply. And he's talking about out of your spirit, you're making, these, you're making these declarations. And I'm like, I like that. God, you loved me before I even knew what love was. God, you were taking care of me before I could even take care of myself. It's these declarations that we're making out of our spirit, if you will. And he says then, those who worship him in spirit and those who worship him uh, excuse me, those who must worship him in spirit and in truth. Interesting word, this word truth. There again, in the Greek, the word truth, even though it somewhat means the same, it's a little bit different. In the Greek, because of the Greek understanding, there was a lot of uh, philosophy that came with the Greek, okay? There was a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Human reasoning, if you will. So remember, these are Hebrew children. These are Hebrew men who are trying to get across 
a meaning to the people who were hearing. Now, most of those in this, in this Greek world that they were speaking to, they had a little bit of an idea, okay? So when he said this word truth into Hebrew, he would say emet. And we talked about emet, I think, once before. But emet is the Hebrew word truth. What's interesting is it is made up of three letters, the aleph, the mem, and the tav. Remember, Jesus said that I am the alpha and the omega, I am the beginning and the end. If you know anything about the Greek alphabet, you know that alpha is the beginning, omega is the end. If you know anything about the Hebrew, the alev is the beginning, the first letter, and the tav is the last letter. So what's he saying? He's saying, listen, I am the first, and I'm the last, and I'm the truth everywhere in between. It doesn't change. But this word, this word truth is an interesting way of seeing it because I think sometimes in our idea, we think that truth is, the truth is, is if Tommy has two apples and Bobby gives him two more, now he has four apples, right? That's the truth. And we look at that and we go, this is provable. It's a fact. It's a, you can't deny it, right? That's truth. In the Hebrew, it's a little bit different. In truth, in this word emet, it means genuineness, authentic and sincere. It's giving all of you, if you will. It's a little bit different. But listen to this. When Jesus says, remember he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This word emet can also be translated as reality. It is true reality. When Jesus said, hey, I am the truth, I am reality, I'm more real, and my reality is more real than the reality that you're living right now. Because this is temporary, mine's permanent. The fact of the matter, the truth of the matter is that Jesus' truth can change things. His truth supersedes your truth. I was once a sinner. That's the truth. But the real truth came and washed me clean, and now I'm a saint. If I ask you right now, everybody in here, raise your hand and say, I am a saint. Thank you, you seven people. It's not comfortable. You know why? Because we've not yet grasped what Jesus did for us. That he made us. He made us to be perfect. Am I perfect? No. Is he perfect? Yes. And in him, I am made perfect. There's a difference. But this word truth... Jesus is telling us that there will be peace and stability. His truth brings peace and stability as well as faithfulness from him. And the assurance that when he makes a promise, he will keep that promise. That's why I said we should be so excited that God kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden. Why? Because he told them, if you do this, here's what's going to happen. And he stuck with it. We see things, we talked about this before. God has set laws in place 
One of those being, no one touches my glory. That was represented by the Ark of the Covenant. And we see this guy stumbles, and he reaches his hand out, and he touches it, and whoof, he becomes a vapor. And we go, oh, my goodness. And the world says, see, your God's not loving. He killed this guy. No, God didn't kill him. He set a law in motion. And he's not going to renege on that. He's a man of his word. That man violated that law. And he paid the ultimate price for that, the consequences of it. We should be excited about that. Not that this man died, but that God is not a man or a God that would go back on his word. He is truth. This Alev, Mem, and Tav, the first or these letters of the Hebrew alphabet, what's interesting is that in the Aleph, remember the Hebrew had symbols in the beginning. Now, they've, they, they still have symbols, but they've changed a little bit. The old writing of the Aleph was, looked like a, a cow's head, like, a, like a, 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 a bull, if you will. And it's where we get the base for God, Father, love, blessed, fire, it's where we get the root of, okay? So in the Hebrew, not only does the word mean something, but the characters mean something. And the alev is a, a direct re- reference back to God, back to the Father, Abba, alev. We see that. And then we have the mem in the middle, which is interesting because the mem is exactly in the middle of the Hebrew, the Hebrew alphabet, and it's where we get its meaning is water, mother, faithful, trustworthy. There's some other words in there too, sprout, branch. And then at the end, we have the tav, which is a cross or a seal or a mark, if you will. In the old day, the tav now looks a little different than what it did back in the day. The tav was Two crosses, a line, looked like an X, if you will, okay? It was called the Tav, and it meant a cross. It meant a seal or a mark. It was a representation of a covenant. It also meant to be finished. So we have the Alev, the Mem, and the Tav, the first and the last, the middle. And if, here's what's interesting. It, that word together creates the word Emet, truth. But if... You take the Aleph off of it and you drop the Aleph. Then you have a word that is met and it means death. When you take God out of the picture, who is life, you're left with death. See, when you try to understand something outside of the way God built it, it will lead you to death. You always have to have the Aleph. You have to have it. This truth shows us too the pictorial language of the Hebrew. Aleph, God, Mem, Holy Spirit, Tav, Jesus. In this one word, Emet, you have the Trinity, the Godhead. It's pictorial. It's beautiful. It's unchanging, this journey of truth. Can I tell you this? Truth is not a what, but a who. 
Let me say it again. Truth is not a what, but a who. You hear people now in our culture, yeah, but what is truth? I can answer that. God. <laughs> Yahweh. He is truth. Outside of that, it's false. That's why we have people saying, well, I think I, I, think I can find my own truth. You'll do it without the left. There's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is death. And we have a lot of people that think they know the way. And they're on their way to death. You say, well, what does this have to do with worshiping in spirit and truth? Well, I'm glad you asked. There is a phraseology that we see in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 3. And we, the, the Hebrews sometimes, or, or the sages, if you will, call this the seal of God, which is truth. And it is, Barach Elohim al-Asat. It is God created to do. And when you spell that word out, or the, all the words, Barach, which means to create, Elohim, God, al-Asat. God created reality. Remember what the truth means. It means reality. God created reality to do. Al-Asat. Okay? Which has come to be interpreted by the sages as a meaning that is our responsibility as God's children. Our responsibility as God's ones that he loves. Okay? To complete the doing of his creation. Truth is about doing and not being. What does that mean? That if I say that I love God, if I say that I love Jesus, I should be about doing what they've asked me to do. Well, isn't that works? Nope. Works plays no part in this. This is the production of fruit. Here's the thing. How many trees that you know of work to produce an apple or an orange? They just do what they do. And in doing, they produce. <laughs> they don't strive. You don't go out to, I've never gone out into an orchard and heard the trees going, apples, I gotta make an apple. I've never heard that. If you treat the tree right, <laughs> if you give it good nourishment, if you give it good fertilizing, right? If you give it water, which all these things are ideals that we see in the scripture. We have to go out there and if a, br a branch looks like it's bad or dying and it's causing, uh, you know, it will suck the nutrients even though it's dead to some degree. It will suck the nutrients from the other ones. You got to lop that thing off. I lopped my trees back this winter. Like, I mean, bar haircut, right? Right, Karen? Oh, she may be out of here now. I'm not going to bring up the fact that she told me she almost killed her husband who he was going to prune the trees, and he did way back. But they're fine, right? Aren't you? Okay. But I pruned mine way back, and I'm, I went out there yesterday, and the sun was shining, and I looked at my little trees, and there's all these little buds on, these, on this tree, and they're like, woo-hoo. And I'm like, not so quick. We got one more cold snap to go through, right? 
Got one more cold snap. Just make it through. You'll be okay. But all these little buds on there. And you know what? Not one time in the middle of the night or any time did I hear that tree moaning and groaning and trying and working to produce those buds. It just happened. Why? Because they were just doing what they do. They're trees. This truth is us. We should be doing what the Lord's asked us to do. You say, well, I don't know what he's asked me to do. Well, number one, go in the Word and find out what it tells you he's, we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be telling people about his goodness. We're supposed to be laying hands on the sick. We're supposed to be praying for the sick. We're supposed to be casting out devils. We're supposed to be raising the dead. Oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What are you talking about? I'm not talking about anything. I'm talking about what the Scriptures say. Man, it's quiet in here. This last sentence. Come on up, Alex. God, Jesus, they're both utterly trustworthy. His actions and his speech are one and are entirely reliable. You cannot separate God's word from his actions. Can't do it. When he says something, he does it. Jesus is the seal of God. The one who authoritatively named all of creation. And listen to this. And his followers likewise should evidence this in their lives. Do we wonder sometimes why the world goes, ah, I don't know about that whole Christian thing. Because they're looking at us and going, you guys are still fighting and quarreling over some of the same things. Statistical data says that there's no difference belonging to a church than not belonging to a church. Can I say this? It's not about belonging to a church. I'm thankful that you're here. We're making room for more people to be here. Thank God. But at the same time, it's not about just coming to a church. It's about doing what God's asked us to do. And we talked about this four or five weeks back. When you do... When you step out, then the faith comes. We keep waiting on the faith to come. Lord, give me faith to raise the dead. Lord, if you'll give me faith, I'll do it. What does that look like? How are you going to know? Is something going, ding, when you get enough faith? I don't know. I know this. He told us to do it, so I'm going to go do it. And if it doesn't happen there, then I'm going to do it here. If it doesn't happen there... I'm going to do it here. I'm going to keep doing it because he told me to do it. I know the breakdown isn't him. It may be me somewhere. So I'll go to the prayer room and I'll say, Lord, am I missing this somewhere? Is there something in my life that's hindering this? What is it, Lord? And because he's good and because he's faithful, he's going to walk us through. Hey, will you keep doing it? I, there's a lot of people out there that, when I say a lot, handful of people that I subscribe to, if you will, kind of watch some of their testimonies and things. And most of them will say, you know what? When we started on this journey, we had hundreds of no's, <clears throat> maybe even thousands. But we had <clears throat> a couple hundred, 300 no's before we ever saw a yes. And what I mean by that is praying for someone and not seeing anything manifest, and then that one day, something happened. And it was like, wow, it was a game changer. 
Some of us, we get one no, we get two no's, and we're done. Well, I guess this don't work. Man, if you went through life like that, better stop right there. He wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. Stay with me. I feel like we're in Marine Corps boot camp because I ain't been to any other boot camp, so I don't know. But in Marine Corps boot camp, 14 weeks, that you are a dog, you're not even human, you're a recruit. As Alfalfa once said, you are the scum between my toes. But then this moment took place about the last week to 10 days that you're there and they had crushed you to the bottom and then they began to rebuild you. And towards the end of it, you started going, wow. I mean, look what I've accomplished. Look at the thing. Hey, woo, rah, right? And then that day, your drill instructor comes up and you find out he actually has some feelings that he really wasn't this ogre, if you will. And they line you up and they give you your Eagle Globe and anchor and they salute you and they say, platoon 3058, dismissed. And you step back, you do an about face and whoo, it's crazy. I feel like we're at the end of boot camp, folks. We've been crushed. We've been stomped on. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the Lord did that to us. He's not the heavenly drill instructor, okay? I'm just saying that feeling of like, man, I'm just, I, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that says, I feel like when I pray, it's just like, oh, it's not going anywhere. I said, good, keep on. <laughs> keep striving. Keep, keep pushing because it's coming. It's coming. Graduation's coming, all right? Now, don't be like these crazy people. When I was in boot camp, you couldn't smoke, you couldn't drink a Coke, anything like that. You had milk and water. That was it, all right? The last week, you could drink orange juice if you wanted, but that's it. We had guys that came in that were smoking a carton of cigarettes a day, okay? And you can imagine the withdrawals that they went through, so don't tell me you can't do it, because I watch these guys do it, okay? I mean, they were sweating brown stuff, tar and nicotine, man. <laughs> But they made it all the way through. They saluted us. We graduated. Dismissed. Whoa, they went to the PX by the seven cartons of cigarettes. I'm like, dude, you kicked the habit. Don't go back. Now I gotta have one, right? When you graduate, don't go back. Keep pressing forward. Keep pressing forward. I'm telling you. I wish there was some way I could express this to you and you could see what's in my mind. It is coming. It is coming. Those who will press into it are going to receive it. Don't you dare get mad. And when it comes and you decide to take a step back and you see all this going, well, why couldn't I be a part? You can. But it may be more difficult for you now because you weren't pressing in that season. Don't let this pass by you. 
I'm excited. We've talked about this day coming. Y'all may show up one Sunday and there won't be no chairs in here. You just have to sit down because that's the only way we can get all the people in here. Why? Not because they come to hear a good pastor, not because they wanted to hear some really good music, but because they heard about your story and they heard about you praying for somebody. As a matter of fact, that was my uncle's sister's cousin. Listen, we live in a very small world. Everybody's connected. If you don't believe that, I mean, just look around. I, my brother who travels went to Utah to a company. He works um, like with um, getting people in compliance with OSHA, any kind of chemical that goes through a pipe, okay? Big, big, crazy stuff. He went to Utah and was talking to the general manager of this plant. And he said, where are you from? My brother told him Arkansas. And he said, wow. He said, um, have you ever heard of a little town called Barling? And he said, yes. And he said, well, there was a car that ran through a restaurant up there and it killed this lady. And he said, yeah, I, I saw that. And he said, well, that lady was my aunt. In Utah? Come on. How small of a world do we live in? Right? And, I'm, and I'm, I'm saying that to say we're connected. We're connected all around us. And we don't know the influence that we have. Maybe that was a chance to share the good news. You know what I mean? We're connected. But people are hearing and they're seeing, they're like, yes, this is what I was looking for. See, if we're not careful, we'll get upset at the person who's practicing a sin that we don't agree with. I say that because there's some sins that we'll agree with. But they're practicing a sin that we don't agree with. And what we don't understand is they just don't know. They need somebody to tell them. Everybody didn't grow up like me and you. I thought it was weird. I went to, I'm in boot camp in the 80s. Do y'all remember how far back that was in the 80s? People there that had never heard about Jesus. How could this be? because we live in the Bible Belt. We grew up with it. Our grandmas and grandpas, even if they didn't really understand, they told us about Jesus, right? Now, we might have saw them do crazy things or whatever, but they were at least telling us. Yeah, we've heard about this guy. Listen, I want you to know more than just about him. I want you to know him, not about him. There's a lot of people that think they know him and they just know about him. And that's why their lives are reflective of knowing about him and not knowing him. Because in knowing him will produce the fruit of knowing him. Amen. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy. We thank you for your emet, your truth.